is in his life and his love will never lose its power amen while we worship many times God speaks to us and I recommend you write it down when it happens and while we're worshiping today the Lord spoke to Marietta about God's love I want you to hear this this is good this is about his love for you and I hallelujah chosen and you were redeemed and God chose you and he's never wrong he never makes a mistake he doesn't hit delete once you're in the kingdom of God he doesn't backspace you out of the document he typed the he doesn't bleach you out of the tapestry of life. He doesn't Photoshop you into oblivion. He chose right. He never shakes his head at you with contempt. He never turns his back on you with disgust. He chose right. His love is so powerful. The love that came 2,000 years ago is so powerful. It can't be stopped. He still loves you today with the power that he came with, that he sent Jesus with 2,000 years ago. 
His love is fresh and powerful. Can't be stopped. Can't be changed. Because He never makes a mistake. It will never in the beloved he made us accepted in the beloved we are his beloved if I'm his beloved and you're his beloved and we are his beloved let's be loved <laughs> praise the Lord let's show our appreciation for our praise team today God bless you all so much I'd like to introduce again Mr. and Mrs. Daniel and Kara Hernandez. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. We'll uh, release our children at this time to go to class. If you're fifth grade or younger, go to class. Everyone else, please remain in here to hear the word. And if you don't mind, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. If you're a newcomer today, we're so glad to have you with us. If you don't mind uh, filling out the insert in today's bulletin and placing it in one of our offering boxes at the door, we want to send you a free gift. If you're not a newcomer here and you want to honor the Lord with your tithe and offerings, we have two opportunities available back there on the wall before you go. Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness. While you're turning to Philippians, let us have a commercial a chicken lately god is a god of order social order within the triune nature of god we have everything are these also the result of just chance this is where the battle rages everything is about relationships what happened at the fall all the relationships were severed intimacy union communion fellowship love community wow That is called the Truth Project. If you'd like to hear more stuff like that, come here this Wednesday for the Truth Project. And for youth, we have True You. And food is served by Arby's this week. It's going to be good. Hallelujah. All right. Philippians 4.1 says, Therefore, my beloved and long-for brethren, my joy and crown... So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. 
to see the impact of that passage, you have to see what he's talking about. You know, the principle, if you see the word therefore, you want to see what it's there for. And it relates to the entire first chapter. And so even though we're starting chapter 4 with verse 1, we're actually looking at chapter 3 one more time. He started off talking about beware of those who would distract them from the message of salvation by grace through faith. Grace-based salvation is good news. Amen? We celebrate it every time we come together. And the enemy would do everything in his power to either push us too far with that message where sin is no longer a problem and you can live how you want to and God's going to let liars and thieves go to heaven. That's contrary to Scripture. Or to keep us from believing that message and get us into a mode of working to earn our salvation, trying to score points to get favor from God. And here in verse 2 of chapter 3, he says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. Uh, Paul's been a believer for 30 years now. In this church, he started 11 years earlier. Now he's in prison. And the churches at this time had a wave of, of problems. You know, there's sometimes winds of doctrine that blow through the land. Uh, extremes. And there was a wind of doctrine blowing through the land, attacking the churches by uh, Gentiles who had become Jews, who had become believers. And so in their mind, the Old Testament was as important as Jesus And he really didn't fulfill it, and so they had to keep all the law to be saved. And it was getting people away from salvation by grace through faith into faith in themselves. And it's real easy to do, even in our day. And so he warns them to beware of this, of those who would put confidence in how clean they are, how holy they are, for a sense of pride. We see this in our day, not so much with Judaizing, although that still happens, but with people bragging about their church, how awesome their church is, and how bad all the other churches are. That's looking at the flesh. You may have a great institution that runs like a machine that is doing great things for God, but if you get your confidence in the flesh, you're getting away from Jesus. You're getting away from grace. If it was not for his grace, none of us would have enough sense to get in out of the rain. And even sometimes then we wonder, amen. And so he uh, says, if you want to look at the flesh, he says, I have a right to brag. You know, I was a Jew. I was born of the tribe of Benjamin. You know, he was named, his original name was Saul. He was named after the first king of Israel who was of the tribe of Benjamin. Who knows, he could have been a descendant of King Saul's family. He had a lot to be proud of. He was a lawyer. He had it going on. He had great respect and he had authority to persecute the church. And yet he said all that stuff is meaningless when compared to knowing Jesus. He says it's so meaningless that it is dung. Scubalon is the word he used, which is not the kind of word you would want your children saying at the dinner table. Compared to Christ, everything is useless. Without him, there's nothing going on. Amen? Look at chapter 3, verse uh, 8. 
I count all these things loss. Yet indeed, I count all these things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish or dung or scubalon that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, I do not believe he is saying he is working to be able to resurrect from the dead when the Lord comes back because he would be contradicting himself. It's by faith that we're saved through grace. It's not of works. So our faith is not in our flesh. But as we pursue God, the benefits of his resurrection are manifested in our lives in love and forgiveness and the grace he's given us. We're beginning to learn to give one another. See, that, that's a manifestation of the resurrection of Christ. Another manifestation of the resurrection of Christ, according to his writings in Romans, in, in Romans chapter 11, he said, uh, in speaking of the Jewish nation, if their rejection of their Messiah caused God to turn to the Gentiles and brought blessing to us, what will their acceptance be of the Messiah but life from the dead? What is life from the dead? Resurrection. Amen. So everywhere Paul went, he preached to the Jew first. The gospel is the power of God to salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He went to the Jew first. Uh, He went to those who were trapped in Judaism, who had their faith in the law and in their works, who believed in the coming of a Messiah but didn't know one was coming. Well, we live in an interesting time. Romans 11 is coming to pass. Life from the dead is coming into being. If you were not here last Sunday, our guest speaker, Kent Pate, I listened to the CD, I wasn't here, spoke on what God is doing in Messianic Jewish ministry around the world. There are now over 200 Messianic congregations in Israel. True blue conversions. Unbelieving Jews coming to Christ in these congregations. In America, we may have more congregations than that, but we're not seeing the evangelism take place like that. The majority of Jews coming to Christ in America are coming to Christ in churches like ours. So we have nothing to be ashamed of. Amen? And he referred to the ministry of a man named Jonathan Burness, who God is using uh, around the world in leading outreaches doing Jewish culture. And uh, if you're ever channel surfing and you see... Uh, uh, the Jewish Voice uh, logo or the name of the Jewish Voice. Tune in and watch his program. It's a powerful program. Here's an excerpt of what he does from his program. Oh, by the way, I'm going to speak on how to stand strong in the 21st century. Everywhere I go, people already realize that it's true and they want to be a part of this. It's self-evident as the Holy Spirit is impressing us within, that the time has come now to favor Zion. There's a great awakening among Jewish people around the world in these last days. Jewish Voice is working in some of the poorest nations on earth, like Ethiopia and India, to reach the Jewish communities there through medical outreach clinics. Everyone that goes through these clinics hears the gospel message about their Messiah, Yeshua, 
Jesus. In many other more developed countries, we attract thousands of Jewish people to our Hear, O Israel festivals of Jewish music and dance. We rent stadiums where we celebrate Messianic Jewish music and dance, cultural events where the crowds ultimately hear an evangelistic message and many come to know Yeshua, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. The results are nothing less than outstanding, with thousands of Jewish people touched, changed, saved and healed, and new congregations being established around the world. There's never been a harvest on earth as there is right now. And the time has come for us to launch more of these festivals, and the time has come for you to join with us and to help us complete this enormous task and reach the lost tribes of Israel throughout the world. Jonathan Burnus and his teams have conducted major Hear, O Israel festivals for over 15 years in places like Eastern Europe, South America, and the countries of the former Soviet Union. While the rest of the world is paying attention to crisis elsewhere, there is an exciting spiritual awakening among the Jewish people in other parts of the world, unlike any time in history. The media isn't reporting it, but Jewish Voice Ministries International is deeply involved in each and every Jewish population center throughout the world. It is up to us as individual believers to answer the call, realizing that each of us has a vital role. When each believer does their part, it adds up to make these powerful evangelistic Hear O Israel festivals possible. Each event requires a major commitment in staff, materials, literature, and equipment. But it has proven over and over to be extremely effective and fruitful. The Jews in these countries have never had such large events take place that are tailored especially for them. the festivities and the music and then they hear the good news in a way they had never heard it before if you want to get right with God if you want to give your life to him for the first time or surrender to him anew and say God take take what I I haven't been able to get free from you see my need you see my sin you see my heart he'll see your repentance too I want to invite you to begin to come out of your seats and come down to the front now this is our moment. This is our mandate. This opportunity will never happen again. The time has come. Isn't that good? Back to the scriptures. Verse 12 of Philippians 3. Paul says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Why has Christ Jesus laid hold of us? We get a clue from his prayer that he prayed in John 17 before going to the cross. He prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, 
that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. He came to bring more than fire insurance or an escape policy from the flames of hell. He came to bring a way to heaven. But more than that, he came to bring a way to relationship. And it's something that you can continue growing on, whether you've been a believer for one minute or 100 years. You can never stop getting to know Jesus more and more. It's like the world's largest onion that has layer after layer after layer of beautiful revelations and flavors to the faith that we have yet to discover. And it's my desire today to just whet your appetite to taste and see that the Lord is good this morning, that sets you on your path afresh to knowing God more than ever before, not depending upon the past, but moving ahead. The Westminster Catechism is the shortest catechism the early church had, or the, the ancient church had. It was a question and an answer. The question was, what is the chief end of man? The answer is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. You see, your eternal life has already begun. Your body is going to be replaced one day. Your mind is currently being renewed, but your spirit has been reborn. Your eternal life has already begun. And it's all about knowing Him forever. So you've already started. So follow through on what's already begun. Amen? Look at verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I believe that call ultimately is know me. I will be known of you. He said through the prophet Jeremiah, the day would come when no man would say to his neighbor, know the Lord, for all of them shall know me from the least to the greatest. There is a closeness to God that's available to us for us to access. We've got to forget what's behind. The word forget here in the Greek language means to neglect, to no longer care for, to lose out of mind, or to give over to oblivion, those things that are behind. Paul had to forget some good things, lay aside his past of being a lawyer and being a highfalutin religious big shot. He also had to lay aside his negative past, his regrets, his pains, his memories of seeing Stephen stoned to death, not at his own hand, but at his own leadership. And his family suffering as a result of him being misled and persecuting the church. He had to lay that aside. And so it is with us. We've got to lay aside the good things. Maybe you were captain of the football team, president of the student council in high school 30 years ago, but you've got to forget that and move ahead to what God has for you. Maybe you have some regrets. Wished I had never married that person, or I wished I had never whatever. You got to lay it down 
Now, if you're still married to the person, don't forget the person. You know what I'm saying. We reap what we sow and we cause pain and we have pain. But I tell you, if we're going to move ahead with God, we've got to stop watering those memories. Neglect them. Let them die. Trust, trust the one who loves you. Amen. Whether you've got one foot nailed to the floor or both feet nailed to the floor, the result is the same. You're not going anywhere. And when we don't forget the past, it keeps us from moving forward. I'm not looking back. I'm moving ahead. I'm leaving my past behind. My past is over in you. All things are made new. Moving forward is what we're called to do. Verse 15, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. How close are you to Jesus? What brought you to that place? Well, I started my day with him or I ended my day with him or I, I was reading more or I, I, I was writing poetry to him or I was whatever it was, just go back and, and pick up where you left off and continue on that journey. Amen. Continue on that journey. Let's, let's not lose our first love. There's some things we forget that we don't need to forget and some things we remember we need to forget in it. So today's topic is how to stand strong in the 21st century. Remembering what he said uh, that in verse uh, 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, stand fast in the Lord who loved. How do we stand fast in our day and time? Well, remember he said, therefore, look back at these principles. Forget what is behind us and do not let anything get in the way of knowing Jesus. And we get to know him together. You know, it's not just an individual thing. Not just the cross wasn't just vertical. It was also horizontal. We get to know him personally, but we also get to know him corporately. He relates to us as a father and also as our father-in-law. He relates to us as a father, and he loves a person we can't stand just as much as he loves us. So we grow in love as we... Relate to him with others. How many people are not relating to him today in a place of worship because of some human being? Got their eyes on the creation off of the creator. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. There's nothing back there for us. Now let the just live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Hebrews quoting a verse from Old Testament. 
Forget what is behind us. Don't let anything get in the way of knowing Jesus. And follow godly examples. We're following him with one another. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Meaning, if I stop following Christ, don't follow me. But if I am following Christ, hey, let me be an example. Whatever I can do to help prod you on in your walk with Christ, do it. Verse 17 of this chapter 3 of Philippians. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. How many have been encouraged by brothers and sisters? It's good. Continue that. Continue looking for guidance. Maybe somebody has let you down and messed up. But you know what? There's more than one of us. So find another example. Find another mentor. Find another model. Don't be tripped up by human weakness. Next point. Set your mind on heavenly things. Verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Some people are obsessed with earthly things. Who knows Terry Cox? He loves the Lord, and the man loves to worship him. He's an example to me of a man that just abandons what people think and just goes for the presence of God loving Jesus. We were in church one day, and he's going for it. And someone taps him on the shoulder and he turns around and greets the person. The person says, hey, I got new wheels for my truck. That's a mind that is set on earthly things. Amen. (laughs) Set your mind on heavenly things. Obviously, wheels on trucks are important. They don't go anywhere. We'll be walking and God knows that we don't want to go back to horseback and shovels and wheelbarrows. Point is... We cannot be obsessed with anything except loving Jesus and doing his will and getting to know him. Amen. Set your mind on heavenly things. Romans chapter 8 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Colossians 3.2 Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. You know, we live in this point called the present, between the past and the future. And we've got to rightly relate to both, otherwise we're hung up. And trapped in the past. We live between now and eternity. And if we don't watch it, we'll be living just for the present and not for eternity. We live in this state between heaven and earth. And if we're too earthly minded, we'll lose the beautiful joy that's available to us even now, even though we're not in heaven. Halfway between Atlanta, Georgia and Athens, Georgia, 
is a little town, population 146, called Between Georgia. Many Christians live in between land, riding the fence. Can't ride the fence without ripping your britches. Riding the fence, one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. God help us. I'm preaching to myself today. Get both feet in everything that God has for us. Oh, the Christian life is just so hard. It's not hard if you live in one world with all your heart. It's hard when you're trying to devote all your heart to two worlds. We live in this world, but we're citizens of that world. We are ambassadors in this world, which is an official of the highest order called to represent one kingdom in another. We're ambassadors of heaven in the earthly realm. Our citizenship, we have a dual citizenship, United States, earth, heaven. Our citizenship is eternal We need to capitalize on those relationships that are longest lasting. If you were to prioritize prioritize the importance of a relationship, you would do it based on longevity. That's why God needs to be number one. And spouse needs to be more than kids. Some people put their kids above their spouse. You're going to be ripped off doing that. You might lose your spouse doing that. Because longevity says, and the facts say, you're going to live in relationship closely with your wife a whole lot longer than you will with your kids. Because one day they will leave and cleave. And you'll be sitting by the telephone, where are you at, where are you at, where are you at? And you'll be one of those mamas that they just roll their eyes when you call. When the empty nest syndrome hits, you're looking at each other saying, who are you? So our marriage, marriage, I'm not saying parenting isn't important. God knows it's important. It's very important. And sometimes children take priority. But over the long haul of your family, your spouse must take priority because the longevity of relationship, intimate, intimate relationship, will be longer than it will be with your kids because eventually they will leave and it won't be so intimate. You see that? So our relationship with God is the longest ever. That's why it must take priority. That's why prayer is so important. That's why the kingdom of God is priority. I know we have an election year coming up, election day coming up. We're in an election year. Vote. It's important. We have some voters' guides out there. Let your conscience be your guide. Pray. And don't just go for your benefits, but consider your fellow man when you vote. But don't put all your eggs in the basket of any political party. They'll let you down. It's the flesh. Our faith is not in the flesh. It cannot be. be. Living in between. In reality, not many people live here. In between Georgia, population 146. But in the kingdom of God, could it be that most of us are living in between? One foot in both, trying to keep all the plates spinning. To be cool in the eyes of the world and yet to be close to God. I'll hush. Do not lose your love for heaven. This is my final point. 
I grew up in churches. All we did was sing about heaven. We were escapists. I was in one church that had a rapture drill. I'd heard about them, but I'd never seen them. All right, rapture drill. Everybody just jump as high as they could practicing for the rapture. Thank God they didn't leave their clothes behind when they did that. We were so heavenly minded, we were no earthly good. But you know what? It's possible to be so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. We need to sing about heaven because it is our reality. And there are times we do need to escape from this world's stuff to set our mind on heavenly things. I'm not saying not to be a good steward of your earthly things and, you know, let all your dishes be dirty and just live like a pauper, but I'm saying heaven is a wonderful place. And although I like the song, it's not 10 zillion light years away. It's in our hearts already. It's here and now already. And our prayer should be, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do in my heart the way your will is being done in heaven. Do that will in my heart so that I can do your will. Verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven from whom we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. How to stand strong in the 21st century? Forget what is behind. Don't let anything get in the way of knowing Jesus more. Press for that purpose by which he has taken hold of us. Follow godly examples and set your mind on heavenly things and don't lose your love for heaven. Don't go to the other extreme where you never sing about heaven. Amen. There was a world champion boxer that set his mind on earthly things when he said, don't tell me about pie in the sky when I die when I can have it on the ground and still be around. And our text for today, therefore, as a result of what you've heard, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy in crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. He loved them. We stand fast in the Lord, we're going to stand fast in His love. We're going to be loved. We're going to celebrate communion and remember His love when we do so. Amen. Christ came and died for us and left the table of remembrance by which we remember his broken body, and his shed blood. Could I have some men and women come and help me distribute the elements? If you don't mind, just hold them and we'll take it together. Go ahead and pass out. Quickly as possible. Six sections, six trays.
This is a ready-made communion cups. That's the bread and the fruit of the vine together. Uh, it has a cellophane cover with the bread under it, if you don't mind peeling back the cellophane where you can get at the bread, and then a foil cover with the fruit of the vine under. Does this church serve wine or grape juice? Well, it depends on how old the grape juice is. You don't mind taking out the bread? Usually we have you stand when we take it together, but today I want us to sit. Sit at the table. You know, corporately together, we are the bride of Christ. We're not the brides of Christ, plural. We're the bride of Christ, singular. But in the plural, we're the sons of God, even the women. You can call yourself a daughter of God, that's fine. But just remember, you have full benefits of a son. We corporately are the sons of God. Well, uh, corporately we're the bride of, bride of Christ, the body of Christ. But individually we're the sons of God. And so sitting at the table, let's remember what he gave for us as we partake of the bread. Let's give thanks just as the Lord did. Lord, we so look forward to that day in heaven when we celebrate this meal with you as you promised when you first instituted it. Looking forward to that day, Lord, we recognize that that day would not be possible if your body had not been broken for us. Just as this bread has been made from wheat that was crushed and put through the fire, so you were crushed for our sins put through the fire so that we could be made whole. You were broken. In Jesus' name, Lord, we take of this bread in remembrance. Thank you, Lord. Draw us close to you. Because his body was broken, blood poured forth blood was his life his life was poured forth and just as when the Lord instituted this table he said this is the blood of the new covenant the new promise the new covenant the beautiful thing about this covenant is it is an unbreakable covenant because he paid the price for breaking it God's covenants are, are they're, they're, they're life covenants. If you break it, you're worthy of death. He paid the price for breaking the old and the new so that we could be forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that paid it all. Thank you so much. And all we have to do is just receive. Draw us near to you, Lord, as we receive. Lord Jesus, we believe that you are present in the broken body and the shed blood, the broken bread and the fruit of the vine. Draw us close to you and draw us close to one another and make us victorious people in this wicked day of history in which we live. 
Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like for us to stand. And um, you don't mind, before you leave, tell your neighbors the body of Christ was broken for you. And let them tell you the body of Christ was broken for you. And then tell them the blood of Christ was shed for you. And then let them tell you the blood of Christ was shed for you. And receive those words. And then ask one another, is there anything I can pray with you about? Amen? You do that. And then you'll be free to go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up His countenance and be gracious to you and give you His peace in His life. And may He make you victorious in this day and in this hour. Amen. Don't forget to say those things to one another.